Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. Doubt is the sort of the name of the game these last few weeks. That's what we've been talking about. We've been in a series called But Belief, and we've been talking about how we live with faith and with doubt, because this is the tension many of us find ourselves in. But doubt is not an excuse to abandon faith, but it's actually a place we can encounter the Lord in a deeper way. And when doubt sets in, when many of us experience levels of doubt, whether it's in uh, because of our experiences or because of uh, our understanding about God or because of our, our misunderstanding about God when we compare who we thought God was to our own personal experiences and it causes doubt in our life, how do we walk through that tension and encounter the Lord in a deeper way? And we've been learning this, these principles from the disciples, primarily from Thomas, and he's been coined sort of the name Doubting Thomas. Have you guys heard this before? That Thomas in the Bible, he was like, throughout church you'll hear about Doubting Thomas. And Thomas was a guy of doubt. But the reality, he was a, a man of great faith. Um, John chapter 11, previous to the, the section we've been looking at in John 20, it says this, uh, verse 16 of John 11 says, So Thomas called the twin, same guy, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. The context is Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem and he's letting them know that and they're all aware that the people in Jerusalem actually hate Jesus and the, the religious leaders want to see Jesus dead. And some of the disciples have advised him, hey Jesus, you shouldn't go to Jerusalem because there's people there that want you dead. And Jesus is like, I got to go. And Thomas, doubting Thomas, as we call him, says, let's go with them and let us die alongside of him. So Thomas isn't, hasn't always been a man of doubt, but his experience and his understanding of God has caused doubt in his life. And he's gone from faith to, I would say, faith and doubt to doubt and maybe to doubt and faith. Tonight we're going to talk about what happens when doubt takes over. Or we feel like we're living with more doubt than we are faith. Because I think this is the tension for many of us, we, we walk through it, faith and doubt. Like maybe it's, it's faith in who Jesus is, but doubt in aspects of what Jesus has done. Or maybe it's faith in what Jesus has done, but doubt in what Jesus can do. See what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, Jesus in the Bible is super powerful, but Jesus in my life isn't so powerful. And so maybe it's faith in, in an aspect, but doubt in another. But sometimes as, as we walk in doubt and we live in doubt and we, we go through these seasons, sometimes it seems like doubt completely takes over. And no longer are we walking with, with faith and doubt, but we're walking with doubt and maybe a little bit of faith. Okay, here's my message title. Everyone get up there. Cool, cool, cool. All right, message title this. Actually, I'm going to read my text first. No, I'll, I'll give you my title. It's But Be Believing is my title tonight. But Belief, But Be Believing. All right, John chapter 20. We're going to go back uh, to what we've been looking at. I'm going to pick up in verse 26. The last uh, Two weeks ago, we, we went through 25. I'm going to pick up at 26. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them, although the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, now Thomas has already said, I will never believe unless I see the holes in his hands and I feel the wound in his side. The, the disciples have told him, hey, Jesus rose again. And he's like, I don't believe it. It's a lie. 
It didn't happen. And then eight days later, Jesus shows up and he addresses Thomas. And he said, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Okay, so Jesus instructs Thomas to not disbelieve, but believe. He says, don't disbelieve, but be believing. And for many people, when doubt sets in, they want to believe, but they feel trapped in their doubt. I'm going to say that again. For many of us, when, when doubt sets in, we want to believe, like maybe because we see other people with great faith, or, or, or we've heard stories about what God can do, or we've been around him long enough to see in other people's lives that God does cool things, and we want to have faith, but we have doubt. We want to believe, but, but if we're just honest with ourselves and other people, we, we don't. Maybe because of our situation or our understanding or even our experiences. And doubt, listen, can be denial of God, but usually it's just a struggled desire for God. Like sometimes doubt in our life is like abandoned. It's rejection. We're going, I don't believe God. And we're like choosing to say like we're rejecting God and I don't believe that. And that's evidence with how we live our life, right? If we believe God, we're going to do the things that sort of like or, or, or mirror belief in God, right? Like if we believe God, we're going to take God's word and we're going to apply it to our lives and we're going to walk those things out. Because we believe that the, the formulas or the, the, the instruction and the direction in God's word actually produces the life that we want to live. But if we don't believe God's word, if we're like, ah, forget that, we're not going to apply those things and our life is not going to be in unison with God's word. You following me? And, but sometimes it's, so sometimes it's rejection, it's abandon, it's like, I don't believe that, I'm rejecting that, I'm going to live my life this way. But for others, other times, and for many of us, it's this struggled desire. It's not, it's not just we're, we're giving in, we're denying God, but we're actually wrestling through something. Like, I want to believe, but I don't. I want to have faith, but I just I don't see how. So how do we move through this? I'm going to ask you uh, to go to another portion of Scripture, Mark chapter 9, verse 17. This is such a cool story, and this, I relate to the character in this story. I think we all do. Mark 9, verse 17, it's a few verses, so follow along in the story. It says this. And someone from the crowd answered him and said, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. Okay, so this is the story. right? They, they, they show up. There's this, this son is sick. He's got a demon. He, he, he's, he's foaming at the mouth. He, he's falling over. It hurts him, all of these things. He brings him to the disciples because Jesus is elsewhere. He asks them to do something that the disciples can't do it. And Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, listen, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. How powerful is that? 
This guy says, if you can do anything, and Jesus says, if you can? He says, if you can, all things are possible if you believe. So Jesus sort of turns it back on him, right? The guy's like, if you can do it, then do something. And Jesus says, like, what do you mean if? Right, what do you mean if? We're talking to Jesus, if you can do it. All things are possible. Then listen to the guy. He says, all things are possible if you believe. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. And then he says this follow-up statement, help my unbelief. So we see the tension right there, right? He says, I believe. I trust God. Like, you can do it. I believe he can do it. And then he says, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said he's dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. So here's the point I want us to see. This man wants to believe, but he's feeling doubt. He wants to believe. He says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. So what do we do when we want to believe, but we don't? That's, that's what I'm trying to get at. What do we do when we want to believe? And I'm sure many of us, we've, we've, we've laid in bed at night going like, God, I want to believe that you're real. Like, I see other people believing that you're real. God, I, I want to believe that you do work in people's lives, but, but I'm not experiencing it, but I see it in other people's lives. So, so what do we do when we want to believe, but we have doubt? All right, first point is this. you got to come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Both in the story of Thomas and in the story of this father, they brought themselves to where Jesus was. There's a tendency when we're experiencing doubt to distance ourselves from God and Christians so that we may try and find answers. There's a tendency for us to be like in isolation and to to draw ourselves away because we're like, I need to figure this stuff out. But listen, isolation always does damage. Being alone always does damage. What we need is to be in the presence of God because it's in his presence we find peace. A Dutch priest once said this, quote, Getting answers to my questions is not the goal of the spiritual life. Living in the presence of God is the greater call. Getting answers to my questions is not the goal of the spiritual life. Living in the presence of God is the greater call. We need to find ways to seek God when we're feeling doubt or lack of trust. And we do that by showing up to church, by reading our Bible, by asking other Christians the questions that we have. When you are feeling doubt, show up to Jesus. Don't don't look for answers on the internet. Don't ask your your random classmate. Don't ask your, your soccer coach. Look to people that are walking with Jesus, that are have relationship with God, and that can invest in your life and point you to Jesus. If you're asking questions, you're in the right place. It's when we stop asking questions and we stop seeking Jesus and stop pressing in, that's when it gets dangerous for us. I got a phone call um, about a week ago from a, from a young girl that, is, uh, that I had spoken at a camp that she was at years ago. She's out of high school now. She's in college. And she is, she is in a, a faith crisis. She has doubt. She's walking through it like many of us do. She's walking through doubt, and she called me um, basically saying, I don't know if I believe this anymore. 
but she called me because she wants to believe, right? If she didn't, like if she was just done with it, why would she call a pastor that spoke at a camp like five years ago that she was at? Because she's, she's, she's like recognizing she is in doubt, but she wants to believe. And that process of seeking counsel, asking questions, that is actually a really good place to be when you're in doubt. Ask questions, come to Jesus, show up to those places. And don't be afraid if, like, don't be afraid that somebody, like a pastor or, or, or a leader, is gonna like shame you for having doubt. That's just not true. We all walk through it. Like, I am speaking to you as a, as a fellow follower of Jesus that walks in doubt. So ask those questions, come to Jesus. Point number two confess your doubt. You gotta show up. But you also got to confess your doubt. This man in the story makes one of the most honest confessions in the Bible, right? I love this story because it's, it's honest. He says, I believe. And that part is like very Bible story. I believe. But then he's like, but I also don't believe. You would think like the writers of the Bible would be like, eh, let's leave that part out. That's what, actually one of the things I love about the Bible is the Bible is very, uh, it doesn't sugarcoat anything. Like, there are stories in the Bible that you're like, maybe we should have edited that one out. Because that seems weird. And that seems hard. And that person is a failure. And that person messed up big time. Like, why are they still in here? But the Bible's honest. The Bible allows us to see. Because what it does is it shows us in it. We're like, I can relate to that. I feel that. And so he says, I believe. Help my unbelief. He, re- he recognizes that at the exact same moment he believes and he doesn't believe. You ever felt like this? Like that exact same moment. I believe, but I also don't believe. (laughs) I believe in God, but I don't believe. I trust God, but I don't trust him. I know he has plans for me, but maybe he doesn't. And we like live in that tension. But the best thing to do about those feelings of doubt is to talk about them. Too many people struggle with doubt alone because they're afraid of what other Christians might think of them if they confess their doubt. Maybe they'll think like, oh, you're still wrestling with that? Why, why don't you believe that yet? Like that's like elementary belief. You should be graduated now. You should believe bigger things. And so we keep things inside because we think other people are like, oh, they don't struggle with that like I do. They, they don't think like that. They're past that. They get it. They've like seen God. They've heard an audible voice. And so they don't. Can I tell you, I've never heard an audible voice. Like when I pray, for most of the time, it just sounds like me. It's just my thoughts, and I get distracted. And I'm like, what was I thinking about? Oh, yeah, lunch. No, I was praying. Wait, where am I? Like that's usually how it goes. And, and, and so, like, but sometimes we think like, oh, no, people are they're so much, they all they just have tons of faith, and they never doubt, and so we keep it inside. It's okay to have doubt. It is not okay to sit on your doubt and allow your doubt then to define you. Thomas had doubt. This man had doubt. Peter had doubts, right? Peter denies Jesus. And also Judas had doubts, right? Judas clearly had doubts. The difference between everyone and Judas is that Judas stayed silent and allowed his doubt to define him. Right? The the difference between Peter and Thomas and Judas is Judas said, nope, I'm defined by my doubt. I don't believe he's the the Savior. I'm going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver, and I'm going to go off. The rest of these guys 
crashed and burned. Peter's like, I don't know him. Using profanity, saying, I've never met this guy before. And then Jesus invites him back in. Why? Because his doubt didn't define him. He moved through it. He was able to talk through it. So my encouragement, talk to someone. In group tonight, tell your leader that you have doubt. Let them be there for you and walk with you through it. I'm, I'm sure that many of the small group leaders here tonight would echo the fact that they've probably walked through doubt too. Maybe experiencing it right now. Hey, I, I believe for this and, and I just don't know. And let's not be, a, let's, let me just speak as like the pastor of the factory, okay? Let's not let this place be a place where people struggle with things silently because they think that no one can relate to them. Even if you think you're the only one on the planet going through that, can I, can I just encourage you, can I just speak plainly with you to talk about it? One, I think you'd be surprised by the fact that maybe other people are going through it too. And secondly, like the roof's not gonna come crashing down. People are still gonna love you and they're gonna wanna walk with it through you or walk through it with you on the other side. So let's talk about it. All right, last thought is this. We have, to, we have to come to Jesus, we have to confess our doubt, and then we have to choose faith over doubt. This is the remarkable, remarkable things about both of these stories. Jesus tells the man, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible if you can believe. He says, you got to believe. He tells him that. He makes it very, like, plain. And then Jesus tells Thomas the same thing. He says, don't be unbelieving, but be believing. Like he makes it, a, he makes it a, a decision they have to make, right? He says to the man, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible if you can believe. He, he, he basically puts the ball then back in, in that guy's court, right? The same thing to Thomas. He says, don't be unbelieving, but be believing. Jesus is not dismissing their doubt. He isn't acting like doubts don't exist, but he's telling them to choose to have faith over their feelings of doubt. Don't be unbelieving. All things are possible if you believe. There must be an intentional choice to have faith over doubt. When I'm dealing with doubt, I tell myself a few things. One, I say, you aren't the first to have this thought or experience. Like when I'm walking through doubt, I tell my, these are, these are the pep talks I give myself. I say, you aren't the first person to have this thought or experience. I tell myself, secondly, smarter people than you who know more than you about this and they believe what you're struggling with right now. Like I, I think about this, I think about Pastor Pete, who's, who's one of the pastors here, who's one of the smartest guys I know. And I think, Pastor Pete has full confidence in these things about God. He's way smarter than I am. He's way more studied than I am. And he is confident in these things. I should be able to have confidence in these things too. Like I don't think that I need to go out and do all the research on every subject known to man. I trust people that are smarter than me. That if they, if they believe this to be true, I'm going to believe this to be true. Like, and so I think, like, I just tell myself, like, okay, way, like, the, the disciples believe this, and they died for this. Like, throughout church history, you've got these geniuses that know God, walk with God, have faith in God, and walk through hard things. 
Like smarter people than you have gone through this. And then the third thing I tell myself is this, is you don't have to understand this to believe this. You don't have to, under- I'm not the first to have this thought. Smarter people have had this thought and still believe in God. And you don't have to, I don't have to understand this to believe this. I can choose to have faith. I can choose to not be unbelieving, but be believing. And can I encourage you? You can choose to not be unbelieving, but be believing. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to be the one that's like, aha, I've proven it. For every atheist and agnostic and every person that's never believed, I have the key. No, I can just go, I honestly have no clue. But I believe in God. I'm choosing to trust in him. I'm choosing to place my life in him. I'm going to close with this worship team. You can come up here. Notice how Jesus ended it back in John 20. So the story is incredible. We've looked at it for three weeks now. And Thomas's experience where he misses Jesus show up the first time. And then he comes back. And they're like, hey, Jesus is alive. And they're like, I don't, I don't believe you. And then Jesus shows up and he's like, Thomas, what do you want to do? You want to stick your hand in, in the wounds? That's kind of gross, but here you go. And then Jesus, he, 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 he says this to him. He says, have you believed because you've seen me? Have you believed because you've seen me? That's the question he asks him. Have you believed because you've seen me? Where was your faith when you didn't see me? That's kind of the, the question he's asking me. And then he says, blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me yet have believed. Now, blessed are those. This is what we would call a beatitude. You guys heard of beatitudes? Okay, Matthew chapter 5. If you've never heard the beatitudes, read Matthew chapter 5. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. The greatest sermon ever preached by anybody ever. Okay, the Beatitudes. It is the kingdom of God. It is the kingdom of heaven here and now. This is the, the manifesto or the mantra of the follower of Jesus. Is, is John, or excuse me, Matthew 5 through 7. It's, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's incredible. It begins with the Beatitudes. And they're blessed are those statements. So he's blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for for they shall obtain mercy. It's statements like that, okay? This is, although it's not in the Sermon on the Mount, this is a beatitude. It's a blessed are those statement, right? He says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. The beatitudes, it's a statement of blessing and contentment as a result of doing things God's way. That's what a beatitude is. Blessed means happy or content, and it's a statement as a result of doing things God's way. He says, blessed are those, happy are those, content are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This is all of us, isn't it? When was the last time you guys, like, got a knock on the door, and Jesus was like, hey, um, I know you had doubt, so here I am, like, here are the wounds in my hands, and here's the, the hole in my side. Okay, don't be unbelieving, but believing. None of us. That's never happened to me. I'm sure it hasn't happened to you. This is all of us. We haven't seen Jesus. But it's also, I think, something deeper than that. 
follow me for a second, if you will, okay? So I told you I'm closing. I am closing, but one more kind of thought. This is also, because, because all of us haven't seen Jesus in the flesh. Like, none of us have had a conversation with Jesus, and he's answered all of our hard questions. This is also a call to something deeper. Because I would say many of us, listen to me, many of us have had encounters with God where God has been so real to us, it's as if we were with him. I'm sure many of us, have, we've had moments like that. Where, where we've encountered the presence of God or God's spoken to us through his word or, or God through a friend encouraged us in such a way that it was like, oh my gosh, like that, that was different. That was like an encounter with God. And sometimes unless we feel like that, we don't know if we can trust God. Is this making sense? What, what I'm trying to say is, is especially for for young people, we, we want to feel and we want to understand. And so unless we, unless we feel God's closeness or we understand like who God is, then we doubt. Oh, I don't feel him, so God must not be here. Or I don't get it, so God must be, not be here. And, and can I just say like that is in a sense seeing and believing. Like, oh, I feel him. Okay, I believe him. Oh, I understand it. Okay, I believe him. And what Jesus says, he says, blessed are those, happy are those, content are those that don't have to see it. It doesn't have to make sense. I don't have to, I don't have to feel him. I don't have to have like goosebumps like during worship or like this aha moment when I open God's word to believe God. I can actually choose each day regardless of how I feel or what I see or what I experience, to trust in God simply for who God is. Blessed are those, content are those who haven't seen him yet can believe. That we just, it's just this like, the Bible talks about childlike faith. Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, my nephew Sid, Sid Nathan, named after some guy I know. Anyways, um, I, I've been doing this thing with him lately where, where when he's looking at me, I'll pretend to fight him. And I'll like punch him and I'll throw elbows. And he just looks at me with his eyes big and he smiles. And I'm like punching him like this. I'm like going like this and not actually hitting him, but getting really close. And he, he never flinches. He's never like, oh, it, it's because he has, he, well, one, he's never been hit before. He's got no context of, of being punched. You know what I mean? Like once you've been punched, you kind of like, you, you, you look at it differently. You know what I'm saying? You're like, He's never been punched before, so he doesn't know that. But also, like, he's a baby. He, he trusts that, like, just in it of himself, he trusts that, like, Uncle Nate's not going to punch me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he likes me. I do like him. He's a good kid. And so there's this, there's just this innocence. There's just like, yeah, I'm, you're just not going to punch me. And if we can kind of in our mind and in our heart towards God, just go, God's not going to punch me. God's not going to pull the rug out from underneath me. God's not going to drop me. God's not going to forget about me. God's not going to abandon me. 
God's not going to give up on me. God's not going to just go, okay, struggle with this for your rest of your life and be alone, and that's just it. God is, is for us. God is with us. God wants to be with us. And so if we can learn to just trust in God simply for him being God and know, man, God, you are good, and you love me, and you're for me, and you're going to be with me, and you're not going to abandon me. And that type of faith will allow us to walk even through doubt believing that, God, you are for me and you are with me. Don't be unbelieving, but be believing. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Help us to trust in God. That's what we want. We want to be people that trust God.